let's pray. Let's jump into this. So God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the Calling Community Church. We thank you for Platte County High School who opens up the doors for us to be here. Thank you that we live in a community where the school and the church uh, can partner together to make a difference in this community. We thank you for each and every individual heart that's here this morning. The reality is we'll never be gathered again exactly like this. So you, you've brought us here for a purpose. Um, we are your children. I pray that those who maybe don't realize that yet will begin to realize how special they are, how you created them, and you long to be in a relationship with them. We thank you for this word, and I pray that it'll go forth out into the world and produce good things, because the Bible says your word never returns void. It always produces something good. Would you purify my heart so that I can be um, just worthy to share this with um, those that are gathered here today? God, here in our midst, there's a, there's a gentleman that's facing uh, his, maybe his dad's last few uh, days, weeks, months uh, here on earth. Um, and so, God, I pray you'd comfort his heart. I know the rest of us come in with our own stuff that we bring, and we need a special touch from you, so I pray that we'd be open to that, and I pray that you would be um, just faithful to give us what it is that we need. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, turn it to chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 5, we'll get there in just a moment. Matthew chapter 5, but just some thoughts real quick, just as I was preparing for this morning. Jesus came into the world to turn the world upside down. Like Jesus' way of living and his way of teaching, his kingdom priorities were different than anybody else before him. Jesus was a king born into poverty. That doesn't happen. There was nothing about Jesus' physical appearance that would attract you to him. He was a king that came to serve instead of be served. He announced a new kingdom to live in and a new way to live in it. The unclean people of the world who were used to being cast out would actually be welcomed in to this kingdom. The untouchable would be touched by the hands of the one who actually knit them together in their mother's womb. The blind would see, the captives would be set free, ashes could be exchanged for a beautiful crown. Sadness would be replaced by the oil of gladness. A garment of praise would take the place of a spirit of despair. I mean, think about it. Think about if you could go into a clothing store. Let's say you go into some fancy shop down on the plaza, and you go in with the, 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 the filthiest rags that you own, and you walk in, and they allow you to exchange it for anything in the store free of charge. And you can walk out of there looking completely different. That's the kingdom Jesus is speaking of. In this kingdom, uh, you would get a new title. You'd be called something different in this kingdom. You would be called... Oaks of righteousness, where you would be a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. 
Like you, he would want to display himself through you in this kingdom. That's how he does it in the world that we live in. He does it through you. Jesus made this offer to everyone who chose to be transformed by allowing their mind to be renewed. By thinking about life differently than before. He was offering a new way to be human. But it gets better in this kingdom. So in this kingdom, how, how could one uh, be saved? How could one uh, earn eternal life? Well, in this kingdom, it's not gained by what you did for God. Salvation would be made available by what God would do for you. In this new kingdom, mankind would be saved by grace, which is an unmerited favor of God. You no longer have to work for it. But you would receive it through faith in Jesus Christ. Death no longer would be mankind's greatest fear. We're no longer slaves to fear. Because death is swallowed up by victorious victory. (laughs) Because of the resurrection of Jesus. This king is different than any other king. Because every other king has a tomb where people go to remember him. In Jesus, we go to the tomb, and he's not there. (laughs) And we live based on that fact. Jesus himself said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. You'll never find that guarantee anywhere else in the world. You can't go anywhere else in this world, the planet that we live on, to find that guarantee, but you can find it in this new kingdom. So Matthew chapter 5, Jesus comes, he's beginning his ministry, he's saying, this is how you're supposed to live in the kingdom. And there's this this message in the scripture that they call it the Sermon on the Mount. It was maybe even more like a declaration from a hillside. It wasn't necessarily like he was standing up on top of a mountain shouting down to the people. It wasn't even as glamorous and as exciting as Moses who brought the way to live to the people of Israel from Mount Sinai. But it was Jesus getting up where he could have a different vantage point so that those who were wanting to find out more about this guy Jesus could come and learn. It says that he went up and he sat down on the hillside and his disciples came to him. A disciple was a learner. Okay? Somebody that wanted to learn. I wanted to learn from you so that I could be like you. And in this particular context, in this setting, there might have been three different learners there. In this context of us this morning, there might be three different types of learners here. There are the curious, and maybe you're just kind of on the edge or you're beginning to to desire to know more. You might be curious to even know, am I even wanted or needed in this kingdom? Am I even welcome in this kingdom? Would this be a place that I could fit in? Is there anything here for me? And you know the enemy of our soul 
who has a different kind of kingdom that he's preaching every single day of our lives, he would love to convince you that you're not. That you're not worthy to be here. There's too much in your past. But that's a lie. It's a lie because Jesus has something else different to say to you. But you might be curious. You might say, I'm just trying to figure it all out. Or you could be of the convinced. You could be of the convinced. Like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm convinced. I'm, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. I, I've read it. I've heard about it. It's been taught. I, I'm there. I'm, I'm convinced. But even greater than that is the committed. Are those who are willing to leave everything behind and go follow this Jesus? Which one are you today as you sit here? And it's just, it's just an honest answer. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment. There's not like we're going to label you and put you, put the list, there'll be a list out on the, in the hallway when you leave. Here's the curious, here's the convinced, here's the, you know, committed. But the question is, which one are you? I know, uh, I know there's some coaches in the room. And I guarantee you, as the season is, is starting and practice has begun, they're looking for more players that are a little bit more committed than they are curious about the team, right? Don't you want everyone all in? I'm, all, I'm leaving it all out on the field every single day. Wouldn't that be awesome if that was the case? And I'll be honest with you, as a coach of this team, that's what we're looking for. All in. Where do we go from here? What, do we, what is God calling us to do, Brady? What, what do we need to know? What do we need to do? So Jesus sits down. I'm going to get lazy. I'm going to sit down. And he begins to teach. So maybe you've heard about these beatitudes or the blessed bees in Matthew chapter 5. You heard the kids read through them. And in this particular passage of scripture, look at the word blessed or blessed, however you want to pronounce it, as uh, just the, the first level would be happy or blissful. Happy are the poor in spirit or blissful are. But it's more than a superficial happiness um, in the sense of it being an emotion, because happiness, happy is an emotion. It's a deep joy of the soul. A deep joy that doesn't go away in the midst of the storms of life. It's a state of spiritual well-being that is actually a sign of maturity in your faith. It might actually be a sign that you are committed. That I am so committed to this that even when things aren't as good as I wish they were, and even when I've gone through things in my life that I wish I didn't have to go through, there's still a deep sense of joy there because blessed are those. And we'll get into what those are. Does that make sense? The actual literal meaning would be to be enlarged. To be enlarged. So you came to church this morning 
to get big, <laughs> right? Back to the coach analogy, man, you want your players in the weight room, you want them to get big, stronger and faster. So finish this phrase, go big or go home, All right? How many of you said go to the store? <laughs> go shopping. <laughs> Might be some ladies in the room. Go online and get some LuLaRoe, <laughs> you know? So for today's message, I want you to view it like this. We are here today to get big in order to go forth. All right, you get it? We're going to get big and we're going to go forth. A little bit of homework if you're taking notes. This is not the first place you'll see some blessed be or bless, blessed and on, and the, finish the phrase, but it's some homework for you. Psalm, right? Psalm 1, verse 1. Psalm 34, verse 8. Psalm 30, or Psalm 65, I'm sorry, verse 4. So 65, 4. And then the last one, 128, verse 1. Okay? Don't check out on the sermon and start looking those up now. Homework for you later on. When I think about this time that we, are, we gather here like this on a Sunday morning, I, I try to, to remember three things. There's something I want you to know. There's some way that I want you to feel. And then there are some things that we want you to do. And those are really between you and God. After I do my part, then it's up to you to do your part. So know, feel, and do. So these declarations in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, are to not only to inspire you, but they are to encourage you to appropriate action. Encourage you to appropriate action. You can practice all week long, but when it's game time, you got to go out and you got to do it. You got to do it. So look at Matthew chapter 5, starting at the very beginning. Now, when he saw the crowds, Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And this is what he said. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who, were per, or who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So let's, we're going to unpack this in a really easy way. This is, a, this is a parallel Bible. And so on one part of the page, it has the New International Version. 
on the other part of the page, it has the message version. And some people get real hung up. They don't believe the message is a true translation or whatever. But I love the way it explains this passage of Scripture in a way that maybe it's easier for you to understand. Because just right away, blessed are the poor in spirit. I mean, that's not what we're taught. We, nobody wants to be poor in anything, right? Nobody wants to be poor. But it's really a sense of coming like I am I am just bankrupt, God, and there is nothing I have to offer. I need what you have for me. Because if you come in thinking you got it all figured out, you've already lost. It's already lost. That's like saying, I don't have to go to practice. I'll just show up at the game and play. Like, I don't really need to know the plays. I already got it all figured out. None of us have it all figured out. Even the coach has to study and work hard and prepare. Even harder than the players. So listen to how this, pas- this, this translation unpacks this passage. Let me just share this with you. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. And those who were apprenticed to him, these learners, the committed. So you might have had the committed that climbed a little bit further. So maybe he had layers. He had the first, like he didn't have very many disciples at that moment because he just called them. So you have a few here. And then you have a layer back there, and then you have some people that are kind of in the wings just listening. And they climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and he taught his climbing companions. And this is what he said. You are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule in your life. Isn't that incredible? Less of you, more of him. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. That's great to think about, isn't it? You're blessed when you care at the moment of being, listen to this, careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right, then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to to discredit me, Jesus said. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, Jesus says, I do. <laughs> and all heaven applauds and know, and you can know this, that you're in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I'm going to finish with this. 
God's way of living usually contradicts the way of the world. Probably most of the time. If you want to live for God and be a part of his kingdom, then you might be required to say and do what seems strange to the world. You know, there are many, many people that think what we're doing right here, right now is just weird. Here we are, we're sitting here. Sometimes a little overwhelming because I think, man, I got to give them something today that can inspire them and encourage them. And I can get trapped in this, um, this thought pattern of, well, it's got to be good, right? <laughs> it's got to be good enough that they'll come back. But that's not the right way to really approach it. It's got to be God enough <laughs> for them that they want to come back. And that they want to, they're just willing to give everything to it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I want to be there. I want to be committed to that. I want to, I want to hear and I want to do what it says. But it just seems strange to the world. The first and most important thing that you need to know in this kingdom is that you must be born again. Now that seems weird, doesn't it? Like here's, here we're getting weird now. You got to be born again? How is that even possible? How can a man re-enter his mother's womb and be born again? But this happens by confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus, you're the boss. Not my way, but your way. And by believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That this resurrection thing that we spoke about earlier is reality. And I'm going to bet my life on it. I'm going to bet my eternity on it. So I'm asking you a question. Have you confessed that with your mouth? At some point in your life, have you said, Jesus, you are Lord? And do you believe that? Because at the end of that, I'm the resurrection and the life passage, Jesus asked the question, do you believe this? Because ultimately, that's the most important question. Do you believe it? And when you choose to believe that and confess that, then the scripture says, in this kingdom, you'll be saved. And you'll have eternal life. Now, once you've taken that step, are you willing to give when others take? Are you willing to love when others hate? Are you willing to help when others hurt? By giving up your own rights in order to serve others, you will one day receive everything that he has in store for you. Let me repeat that, because this is the end of the sermon. By giving up your own rights in order to serve others, you will one day receive everything he has in store for you. Let's pray and let us worship one more song. So Lord, Jesus goes on to say that we are to be salt, this enhancing flavor in a die and tasteless world, or a dead and tasteless world. 
Lord, it says that we are supposed to be light. But here's the deal. We cannot give away what we don't already possess for ourselves. And so, Lord, this morning, for those that are here, that are maybe just curious, would you take them to the next step? Would they become convinced of the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the, and the necessity to allow you to be Lord over their life? Which literally means, God, everything is available to you. You can come and do a complete inventory of my life. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So the, the deal is, is if we want to see you, we want to experience you more, then we have to allow you to do your work inside of us to clean out the things that shouldn't be there so that it can be replaced with the things that should be. We are to be the light of the world. We are to shine light in dark places, wherever it is that we go. And it only takes just a little bit of light to pierce the darkness. So God, I pray for the convinced in the room that want to become a little bit more committed. Whatever it is that it's going to take for us to take that next step. And we know it's not about earning our way because you've already done everything necessary to provide the way for us. But it's about us living out this faith and this commitment compelled and propelled by what you've already done for us. So Lord, as we get ready to, to sing and to just one more, one more song to honor and worship you, Lord, we invite anyone who just has a need or they just need prayer for, or maybe they want to come and say, I just, I just want to be born again. I want, I want to confess with my mouth. I want to believe in my heart that what the Bible says is true. So they can enter into this kingdom that brings us joy today and a joy that will last for eternity. So have your way, Lord. Do whatever you want to do. It's between you and them. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.